Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Trick or treat, motherfucker. <laughs> Is that a good way to start? Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the grand finale of Octoberama 2023 with the Grave Plot Podcast Halloween special. Spec- sp- spectacular. Don't. God damn you. It's been 10 years. We've not once said spectacular. Oh, we've said it. We just agreed that we'd never you actually use it. <laughs> Uh, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. And guys, it's been fun. It's been a fun month doing episodes for you every single week. Some of them we actually did record every single week. <laughs> um, but uh, every th- all good things must come to an end. And this is how we do it. We ride. This is how we do it. Yeah, I like the song. That's what, that's, that's what the song's written about, actually. Yeah, the song was written about October <laughs> 20 years before our Don't look it up. It's on the internet started, Yeah, no. Um, Montel Jordan is a good friend of ours. Yes. So. We call him uh, Monty. <laughs> Monty J. Monty. Um, uh, anyway, so yeah, uh, every October we wrap up October Rama with uh, a Halloween episode where we cover uh, two Halloween-themed episodes, or, uh, movies. Um, just... Other than that, not much different. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's special is a uh, it's a relative term. Relative term. <laughs> anyway, yeah, and just you know the schedule of October Rama, where we alternate between full length and um, fun size episodes. This just sometimes Halloween is a full length one. This year, it's a uh, a fun size. We do want to take some time to thank our grave diggers over on Patreon. Uh, wonderful folks, lovely, greatest people. Trust me, I know good people. Um, Man, woman, camera, television. <laughs> um, that uh, help support our show. It's uh, it's it's not expensive, but it does cost money. Um, we have we have to finance, you know, our website, our our MP3 hosting, our uh, expensive drug habits, um, trick or treat candy, all that stuff. It all comes from you guys. That's right. Um. Uh. Anyway, but yeah, it's it. Again, it's not an expensive show. The things we do have to use to make the show happen does do they do cost money, albeit small amounts. But every little red cent helps, and these are the people that make it happen. Uh, they are Carlos Rodella, Gory B Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, Kevin Nesgoda. And the nameless ghouls who give us what a dollar, yeah, or d- between a dollar less and five than five, dollars. less than five dollars. But we appreciate appreciate you as well, uh, just a little less, a, a little less. 
We appreciate you between four and two dollars less. <laughs> yes. No. Four and one dollar. Four and one dollar. Well, between one cent and, and four dollars. <laughs> and ninety-nine cents. <laughs> that much less. Um it's really up to you how much we appreciate you. Yes. You have full control over the appreciation. It's interactive. It's an interactive appreciation. That's right. Uh, Taylor, if anybody else wants to interact, be inter- interactive with us, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash podcast For as little as $1, you can join the show for horror business during every full-size episode. Uh, also, $5, get your name in the show like those wonderful people Tony just read. And uh, you also get perks like discounts on Great Plot Podcast merchandise, discounts on Great Plot oh, Film Fest tickets, fucking perks sent to your house, kid. Um, I got to get, get in my annual Jack Chop watch. <laughs> Jack Chop. <laughs> and uh, and other, other goodness. That's right. All right. To start us out, we've got a special little interview. Uh, another very good friend of ours, uh, Ken, I'm going to say her last name wrong. I always do. Kim Duthit? I believe so. <laughs> I'm sure she'll tell us in the interview. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who, uh, sh- well, let's let her talk. If you have ghosts, you have everything. If you have ghosts, you have everything. You can say anything you want, and you can do. Hey guys, you you are here with me, Tony. And me, Taylor. (laughs) As usual. (laughs) Um, And uh, we have a very, very special guest with us today. Uh, uh, Somebody we, we met, God. We met at Crypticon, I think. At Crypticon, yeah. I'm yeah. trying to think how many years ago at Crypticon. It's been... <laughs> at least five. Yeah, I've, I've lost track. <laughs> at least five, I think, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Kim Douthit, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, was it thanks the, so much uh, for coming on. Was it the, the, um, the coffin... What was the panel called? Oh, the uh, oh yeah, the the uh, the coffin list or, coffin or list, yeah. it was the the one about who you would sleep with in horror yeah, films. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yes, we have yes. real highbrow conversations <laughs> at, at Crypticon, you know. <laughs> it's only the best. <laughs> I mean, it was a it was a fun panel. I have to say, I was a little nervous when I was that year. I was the only female on the panel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I remember it's like. I was sitting there and it's like, okay, now what's this gal's vibe? <laughs> it's like it's like I know I know the 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 theme of the the, the panel. It's like how raunchy sure, can we get? Said. Exactly. It's like I don't want to offend her. <laughs> I'm pretty hard to offend. Yeah, yeah I, I gathered that pretty quickly. Yeah, we now. <laughs> No, but that's fair. It's kind of like that first initial, well, this is how we are meeting each other. And now we're going to talk about uh, who we would sleep with in horror films. This is going to go great. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Uh, But it turned out okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's uh, a popular one every year. We've we've done it, what, at least three times, I think. Yeah. 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 Because I think uh it's gone a little bit to like maybe every other year because i know they're trying to mix up some of the panels yeah. but it, it's always well attended mm-hmm. 
uh, and goes in some weird directions every time. <laughs> yeah, and the fun part is it's always late at night, so it's mm-hmm. always it's like you know one of the, like the second or or last second to last or the second to last slot at night. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. People have already started drinking. So everyone's punchy. <laughs> <laughs> Oftentimes on the panel, we are also passing around the flask, and I oh, yeah. appreciate that about Crypticon. <laughs> Jason starts talking about his old lady fetish. <laughs> oh, I blocked that out. How did I forget that? <laughs> oh, thank you for that image that will sit with me now for the rest of the evening, <laughs> and probably pop up in my dreams too. So. Yay! <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, we we I mean, we know you from Crypticon, mm-hmm. but you know, we've been doing this podcast now for ten years, and that was kind of like mm-hmm. our foot in the door as far as like horror, the, the horror community goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Seattle, it's I don't know that I'd necessarily call it like a big community, but it's a very tight-knit community which is yeah which is really and great. involved a very involved community mm-hmm. uh, and i feel com- like everyone knows each other <laughs> yeah i've definitely picked up on that over the years and they all mm-hmm. they all connect at, at crypticon it seems mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really nice and, and helpful for you know people like us who are trying to make connections and things like that mm-hmm. um so uh, how did how did you get involved with with that um. So uh, I first got involved with Crypticon. I, I'd attended a couple times, and it was at Crypticon I met um, Linny and Cat, who used to run the Horror Honeys. Uh, I mean, again, a million years ago at this yeah. point. And um, I started doing Hundred Days of Horror around then. I was inspired actually by I think a trip to Crypticon, and. Linny reached out to me saying, hey, do you want to write some pieces for the website? And then they were starting the uh, magazine, Belladonna, and they invited me to participate in that. And Linny and Kat, and I think Brittany, had always been the, the, the reps from the Horror Honeys who would go to Crypticon to speak. But for some reason that year, uh, they couldn't go. So I got sent instead. So my name got put forward, and that was my first year as a panelist at CryptCon, uh, which was, oh God, I don't even know at this point what year it was, 2017, maybe? 2016, 2017? Um, and, uh, and then from there, I mean, the rest was kind of history. Um, I, Tori and I started doing a lot of the true crime stuff, and that kind of became its own other little, like, thing is is us doing a bunch of the the true crime panels late in the evening oftentimes um and and i've done a couple with jason but uh yeah yeah no it was the it was the horror honeys that first got me into there rest in peace (laughs) yeah we (laughs) we we met cat briefly when Mm. like actually it was what our first year second year it it was Uh, i think it was the first yeah Okay, but I mean, we we knew the Horner Honey's reputation because we've been doing the podcast for what three or four years at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was that was that was an interesting community in that it was all female led, mm-hmm. um, which is not. I mean, it's it's the paradigm has shifted 
yes. over the years. But yeah. you know, at that point, horror was still very much a boys club. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was uh, – there was there was a need for it then that I I am actually kind of happy to say that I think we've moved a little beyond needing something that specific because there is a little bit more attention and, and – diversity in general mm-hmm. um but uh no it was but it was a, it was a nice way to kind of get introduced a little bit more formally to the seattle horror community which at that point uh i hadn't really been crypticon really was how i got involved with the horror community here full stop yeah. um I, you know i'd been involved on the paranormal side of things which it's his own like bucket of fun uh <laughs> But it's it's a there and there's a lot of crossover there, but it's not. They are still very two distinct communities. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, ghosts and stuff always gets associated with with horror, obviously. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But I like. I will say, me personally, I don't really buy into paranormal things. That's I, not not that I don't buy into it. It's, just, it's I'm more ag- agnostic towards it. <laughs> This interview is like, over. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but I I have to assume that people involved with the paranormal ac- uh, paranormal activity, uh, paranormal um, community. How many? How many can we name drop? Come on, let's go. <laughs> paranormal uh, community. I I have to imagine that there's a certain point where it almost becomes insulting to to make that direct correlation. <laughs> Uh, I drive people crazy because I mean, I do in general, but, uh, when I go to see like, you know, scary, scary movies, scary supernatural movies, if I'm with any of my non paranormal friends, cause I'll just be like, that's not how that works. <laughs> um, which is probably what they don't want you to do with the movies, but it's, it's, it's not, uh, I, mostly it's just kind of fun or funny. Cause you watch the, the, Anything that involves a paranormal investigator is usually not correct. Um, it's actually, what is it? Uh, um, oh, Grave grave Encounters. They actually do a remarkably good job of kind of portraying what a lot of those ghost shows are actually like because they're kind of kind of bogus. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I will. And, and Crypticon used to have a section of it that was like paranormal like paracon or something because i remember uh more than one year my my boss at spooked in seattle where i do the ghost tours um he was there uh, talking about the ghost hunting group and investigations and and doing that so there there was a period of time in the like mid 2010s or whatever where i think uh there was a little bit more correlation between like, oh, we had Crypticon, but you also had this whole paranormal, spooky, haunted side. And that's now there might be an individual panel about it, but you don't see it quite the same way. But yeah, yeah it seems like all the ones that, that are there are usually on. <laughs> I remember a dude who was on panels who said he like partied with Bigfoot. Did you ever meet this guy? I don't think so. I don't think, I think so. I remember that. Oh, jeez. Yeah, no, it was – I'm trying to think I, – I, I, I remember him for a couple of years, and I don't think he's been back re- – maybe because they stopped doing quite as many, like, panels that were cryptid, supernatural, whatever. But, yeah, I remember him because that was his whole thing. He's like, well, I party with Bigfoot. And I'm like, 
And is Bigfoot in the room with us right now? <laughs> Do you see Bigfoot here? Is he here with us? But uh, there, there, there's every so often you get a couple characters where you're like, how did this happen? How are you? How are you having a platform right now? <laughs> I mean, it's entertaining, but I have questions. <laughs> Never boring. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, how, how long have you been doing Spooks in Seattle? Um, I started there as a tour guide. Oh, that's a good question. 2016, actually. I thought you were going to say 20 years ago. It's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's been 20 years. Uh, no, we. I I had been involved with their sister organization, A Ghost, which is um, their ghost hunting kind of like chunk of things for about a year at that point um, when I'd moved back to Seattle a couple years prior. And uh, they needed a tour guide. And they prefer, at least that point, they preferred that their tour guides be also paranormal investigators, which I do on the side. And I was like, well, I like to talk and to hunt ghosts. So this could be cool. And uh, so, yeah, I started doing the tours then. And that was, we had a space pre-pandemic that had a chunk of the underground, which was fantastic. We lost that space during the pandemic, um, but we're still down in Pioneer Square and it's the, you know, <laughs> oldest Seattle neighborhood Lots of ghosts and lots of other terrifying human things down in Pioneer Square these days. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it's 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 fun. It's Seattle has a really cool, weird, dark history that uh, I think they gloss over all the good parts in school. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know a lot of Seattle's history until I did the underground tour. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people don't know. And the Seattle underground is down. weird. Yeah. And that's why we have the underground. Yeah. Uh, it's in, and just kind of how, like, Skid Row, we were the original Skid Row. The very first place, like, that was talked about as Skid Row referred to as Skid Row was Pioneer Square. And um, we had all these decades of being a very lawless territory. And the gold rush shifted a lot of things because you had all these people coming through, but that also meant you had lots of uh, lots of additional murder for money and other kinds <laughs> of shenanigans happening. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a cool history, and um, it doesn't get. I mean, I always knew we had the underground, but even as a kid, I imagined the underground to be like a catacomb, right? Like the Paris catacombs or just these big tunnels or you watch Malignant and, and that's you're like, oh, yeah, that's what the underground of Seattle looks like. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. I When I when I saw Malignant, I was definitely one of those people in the theaters that was then yelling like, that's not what the underground looks like. Um, <laughs> they don't let me in a lot of movie theaters these days. I just yell a lot. But uh <laughs> it's uh no but it's like these little pockets and it's cool but it's not this giant underground city of of interconnected tunnels and people live down there and it's you know it's no it's very haunted it's i mean if you believe in such things it's it's incredibly haunted um and has cool history and weird stuff people have left behind you'll just find random toilets down there just <laughs> For fun, just that. Oh, look, it's a toilet. Cool. <laughs> is there is there is there yeah. poop in it? <laughs> no, but um, we had one in our section. Of the underground it spooked, and the amount of times 
if I was doing a later in the evening tour and you had some people who were, you know, one or two in the bag at that point, the amount of times I had to be like, please do not try to use that toilet. <laughs> just don't. Just don't. Do-, it's, do I need to put a sign on it like you would at a hardware store? This is not a working toilet. It's been there for like 80 years. Please don't. <laughs> Uh, and you still got that one person who's like, oh, but I need you. I was like, there's a regular bathroom out there. Folks, come on. No. It's like, I, I promise we'll get there. Yeah. Like, if you, re- it's, it's right there. It's, uh, uh, no, there's, there's some random stuff that gets left in the underground and, um, people will like try to grab it or touch it. And a lot of it, I'm like, I wouldn't touch that. <laughs> <laughs> one of those people who didn't you know tried to use that toilet I don't, don't don't touch anything it's just there's probably a rat in it don't do it <laughs> just don't do it <laughs> yeah I, I think I've only done the underground tour once um, and I don't think it was a, a ghost tour per se I think it was just the standard underground tour yeah um, they they used to have like their own ghost tour, but I think it died during the pandemic and they've never resurrected it. Okay. But I like just, the Bill Spadell, I'm assuming yes, probably that's yeah. the big one. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say that it, it thing that makes total sense, but didn't even occur to me until somebody mentioned it was that all those little pockets of the, of the underground are all privately owned by yeah. the businesses that exist mm-hmm. above them. Mm-hmm. And so you, you have to basically get, permission to go down there and the, the, so the basically the tour is ever changing because you know people say or you know if a company buys out a property and says no mm-hmm. we don't want you down there anymore that so they have to find somewhere else so. when we ran into that we had access to the jandem cafe they're underground up until 2019 when one day i showed up with a group of people to take in the underground and the bank had closed the business Because they hadn't been making any payments. And so um, we were able, our key still worked to the (laughs) underground (laughs) section. And no one told us we couldn't do it. Yeah, it was kind of (laughs) one of those like, well, I haven't been told no. (laughs) I don't see a sign saying I can't. I don't see it. And my key works. Uh, So we were, we took people, we still took people down into there for a couple months before uh, then the pandemic happened. And at some point during the pandemic, someone wised up and closed it off. But um, no, it's, it's, uh, it's one of the reasons why we don't currently go into the underground. We go into uh, Merchant's Cafe, their underground section, but it's part of their business. It's just like the downstairs area where there's tables and chairs and a bar. Um, because they actually have cleaned theirs up. You for for as many sections that are decrepit and gross and rat filled, you've got Magic Mouse toys. Like it's just a basement space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it it, but it's entirely dependent on on who owns the building. And that, but it also means there's no regulation, which is where you've got sections of the underground that are just disgusting and falling apart, and other sections that are very nice and normal businesses are there and and all of that so so do the tours just go just in pioneer square or do you venture outside of that uh so our tours we primarily keep right now to pioneer square um we've had in the past there was a well the original spook tour it was epically long and it started at the waterfront and went like 
all throughout like the waterfront, Pioneer Square. I think it, you know, edged over into the International District. Is there so much, there's so many stories. There's so many ghost stories in the downtown area. And then uh, at some point my boss was like, well, people don't really want to walk for this long or this far. Uh, so it, it's gotten condensed to this like 90 minute Pioneer Square tour. We'll do, we do open to the public ghost hunts at a couple different locations. Um, we do the USS Turner Joy in Bremerton and University Heights in the U District. Um, and uh, sometimes we'll do kind of one-offs um, with a place. Sometimes we'll do events at Merchant's Cafe. And I was looking at starting a dual true crime ghost tour in Capitol Hill that would run through Spooked. Because again, there's tons of stories. Uh, but the, I mean, again, I hate to say it, the pandemic has really impacted a lot of what we were doing before. Like we used to have a true crime tour and we haven't started that up again since reopening. Um, Piner Square is just getting back to a point where people are feeling okay being there. Cause it's a little sketchy. It's dicey. <laughs> it's Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a little, it's, 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 it, it, it's got some characters, um, not just the rats, <laughs> but, uh, no, like tourism is getting better. <laughs> the, you know, the games bring people down there. The cruise ships have come back. So we've definitely seen there, the, the area when we first opened up after the pandemic, like, and our tours were going earlier than normal. And I still was like, I don't like being down here. And it's, it's, it's in a much better place. It's, it's kind of back to, I wouldn't say it's back to what it was pre pandemic, but it's, it's cleaner, a lot less rats, a lot less rats. So that's, I mean, that's, that's a plus. something. That's a plus. <laughs> Probably don't have pizza rats though. <laughs> no, no, but. Oh, there's a story. <laughs> There's a story. Okay, so there is um, part of our route. We have to cut through this very long alleyway, and the alleyway is pretty well lit. It's it's how we kind of circle around to get into the to Merchants Cafe. But there was a chunk of time. There's a Domino's Pizza in Pioneer Square, and their old pizza dough they would dispose of in a like compost bin that was in this alleyway, and they didn't like secure it at all. So on any given day, you could walk by and either see the lid of this compost bin just vibrating because there's rats. There's just rats that are just swimming in pizza dough, oh, which is, yeah, I'm sure some lost their lives in this process because it's just this massive blob of pizza dough or my personal favorite, if it was raining, You'd walk down this alleyway and the dough is just pouring out of this bin like the blob. <laughs> and that might have been the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in Pioneer Square because <laughs> it would just massive amounts of pizza dough. Uh, they have started securing the bin, so it does not it does not move and it does not escape anymore. I'm a little disappointed though. It was kind of fun. Was it, you know, it was a tourist attraction. It was a tourist attraction. <laughs> and to your left, please observe the pizza dough, the pizza blob, and the rats, the pizza blob. We're gonna make that's gonna be a next short. You'll see it at Bone Bat, or we'll see it at Crypticon, or whatever, or at your film festival. The the pizza blob. I love it. 
Ironically, we're actually going to be talking about the blob on this episode. Yes. See, a nice little tie-in. Very. Lo- I love that. I love that that I could do that. <laughs> so, ghost. That's Ghost Hunters of Seattle Tacoma. Uh, Advanced Ghost Hunters of Seattle Tacoma. Yeah, we got that A in there because we're clever. Because you're advanced. Because we're advanced, <laughs> yes. <laughs> how'd you get that? How'd you uh, but get... yeah, it's uh, it's kind of fun. How'd you get started with that? Uh, I when I moved back to Seattle in 2011, 20, 2011 I think, and uh, I had been kind of getting into, you know, I'd always liked ghosts and ghost stories and all that. And, and I'm a theater kid. Um, all theaters are haunted. Uh, you have all kinds of weird stuff happen. Everybody there's, there's a dead kid in every theater. Uh, <laughs> like it's, it's the same variation on a story in almost every single theater. There is a little ghost boy usually who died either crossing the street to get there or he got sick one day and died, but he used to like to come and play there. And, um, so you you know you grew up with an appreciation for kind of a ghost culture uh but when i got out of grad school i was getting a little bit more interested in in learning a little bit more about the other side of it the whys the the looking into the history and doing the research and figuring out what are where does the root of the story happen and where's the truth of the story and also going in and verifying like okay is this a ghost or does somebody have really bad pipes or one of my personal favorites, is this a ghost or do you have a family of raccoons living in your walls? <laughs> uh, so I was just kind of Googling, like, what are some Seattle ghost hunting groups? And Spooked in Seattle popped up as the home base of a ghost. And they had meetings that were open to new members. So um, and it was not too far from, you know, I live just off downtown. So I was like, I can walk there. So one Sunday, I walked down to Spooked in Seattle and uh, met a bunch of cool people and, and was like, well, guess I'm doing this now. <laughs> and and uh, so started, uh, you know, going on investigations with them and kind of learning the ropes of, of the different kinds of equipment and things to look for. Um, we take a pretty... Like, honestly, most of the investigations I do, you go in looking for the rational explanation. You go in looking for, are there raccoons in your walls? Do you have old pipes? Do you have rats? Do you have a carbon monoxide leak? Uh, that happened once. <laughs> um, but there's there's often a very, very real reason things are happening, especially in older houses. See, and I appreciate that because my, my wife loves ghost shows. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I, ha- I have to ask him. As a paranormal investigator, what is your unfiltered opinion of Zach Baggins? Oh, God. Um, uh, <laughs> Where to start? Where to start? Uh, so I was at the last episode I recorded for Ghoulish Tendencies, my podcast. I did Franklin Castle, and I watched an episode of, of Ghost Adventures. And I went on a rant on our episode. Um, I find him to be irresponsible i think uh i had to i had to review his documentary for the horror honeys and i remember texting linny near the i was maybe 20 minutes in and i said can my review just be the word no (laughs) 
And she said, no. And I said, okay, well, I've already consumed one bottle of wine the first 20 minutes of this. You guys owe me. And she's like, go out, buy another bottle of wine, keep watching, and write your review. So I don't have a very good opinion of him. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a fan. How's that? I'm not a fan. I, I, um, can I say bullshit? <laughs> yes. On this podcast, you can. We've, we've used much more colorful language. Oh, fantastic. Oh, it's, so. it's when I'm really unfiltered with him, there's a, there's a lot of words. No, uh, it's, it's, I, I respect that what he's doing is making money. I respect that he's built this persona. Um, it's such, it's, you, it makes me mad because. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, mm, I'm a big, I am a big with the history of, of things. I, I am, um, the history is available. The records are available. It is not hard to do accurate research and the way he misrepresents things I think is just, is, is disgusting. So no, I'm, I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you say he, he, you think he's irresponsible. Yes. And I, uh, wholeheartedly agree with you. And that's probably my biggest gripe with him mm-hmm. is that. You know, there are people who, whether or not, whether or not they have had true experiences or not, mm-hmm. whatever, um, you know, that it's real to them. Yeah. And, you know, to folks like you, it's, it's real to you. And it just, it, what he does makes a joke out of it. Yes. And like, if I, if somebody was doing something to make a joke out of one of my passions, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be furious. Yeah. And so just. I think yeah, I think he's a complete section. <laughs> yeah, no, it, he he is, and I think he also there's people who buy into him, and I think he's made a living off of a lot of people's painful stories at times too, and that that is where uh, it crosses the line for me. For it's one thing to just be like I'm going to be a hokey entertainer who's going to play up a character, a character, and it's another thing to manipulate people and again it's it's irresponsible and it's it's it miss it, it gives legitimate ghost hunters a bad name it makes us a joke and and people don't take it seriously and and even you know I'll I'll talk about what I do and I have people who who turned into a punchline. I was like, honestly, a lot of what we do is, again, we're going in and we're telling people, you know what? You have very old pipes and sound is traveling through your home. And so that's what's making all of these noises. And it, it gives them, if they're scared, it gives them legitimate peace of mind. And sometimes they're disappointed that they don't have a ghost. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's you know, a... a it makes it harder to do what we do when we're fighting against people who turn what we do into a joke. Um, so yeah, I, I just, it's, and his museum. uh, mm, Um, yeah. And it's, it's misleading. It's spreading a lot of misinformation and that's maybe one of my biggest pet peeves too is, is, uh, I like facts. I like I like history, and I like digging into the real story because the real stories are always awesome. And when your main source of research is Wikipedia, yeah, you're not going to really find a lot of accurate <laughs> stuff there, <laughs> sir. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like I 
I've been on a number of ghost tours. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, my wife is really into that. So uh, I've been on a number of them, and she's even said that. Well, I should say, for me, what I get out of it is the the story and the history, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I always find that fascinating. Um, you know, the the ghost part, or the the paranormal element of it doesn't really register with me, but yeah. I always get something out of it. And even she has said something to that to that tune. It's like even if the uh, the paranormal element doesn't really hit home with her. That, that she always gets something out of the history itself. Um, well, because so many ghost stories too are variations on, and something moved, and a door slammed, yeah. and then they saw a shadowy figure. And there's only so many times you can tell that story and have it be interesting. What's interesting is 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 why? Why do we have this story? Did a murder happen here? Did you know? Did was it was it a, an old jail that had all of these killers through? Like what's the origin of this? And that's for me where I, I find, uh, I just, I love that stuff. I love, and I love unpacking so many of the stories on a lot of ghost tours kind of become folklore. It's a giant game of historical telephone. So I love trying to unpack the original story and see, does it match what gets told or is it something vastly different? That's just kind of morphed, morphed through the years. Um, and and sometimes you know you find out oh yeah this story isn't true, it said that uh, it was Lavinia Fisher is one she's a, a, a apparently haunts um, I guess South Carolina and was a a sometimes touted as one of the first female serial killers in the United States, and uh, you look into the history of that and you're like nope <laughs> none of this stuff happened none of what gets talked about happened and again on Ghost Adventures. Um, I, cause I watched that episode and, and then I like raged at the TV for a long time because <laughs> they're all, all they, I'm like, you have all this people at your disposal to do actual research. It's not hard to figure out that this story is bullshit. And yet you are hitting every point in the story that is proven to be false. And you're spreading this again. You're this poor woman who didn't do anything and now is being, you know, this vengeful, horrible she demon <laughs> who killed all these people. No, she didn't. This poor woman was executed for no reason. And it's it's awful. So yeah, I I, I love the history. I love the stories. Um I like learning about the local history and some of those like colorful stories. And and so it's nice when you have a a tour or show or whatever that really takes the time to give them the care I think they deserve. But yeah. Yeah. And so what is the craziest thing you have seen either it doing paranormal investigation or on one of your tours? Uh, I mean, <laughs> one of the craziest things I saw on one of my like tours, I was going to say, in a toilet or something. I was say <laughs> it's Pioneer square. So like, there is the dude that walks around without pants and puts flowers up his butt. Um, oh, yes. Oh, yes. I call him Carl. Uh, so one of the um, – there's there's been a handful of things that have happened on the tour, but uh, one of the things that always stands out, uh, there's uh, Merchant's Cafe, great haunted location. So it's a – a bar and restaurant, and um, we are fortunate enough to bring our tours down into their underground. And I'd had a little boy on the tour, and he was he was pretty little. He was maybe like six or seven, 
And he was uh, super into everything. So he was my shadow. He just was following me everywhere and had all these additional questions. And Merchants is renowned for having, it's got a ton of spirits there, but it specifically has two child spirits there. So we just get to Merchants. I go inside. I get the okay that the downstairs is open. Uh, I walk down the stairs and my little shadow walks with me and he's asking me a question about something and he stops and he looks in the corner and goes, who's the little girl? And I look over and of course there's nothing there. (laughs) And I'm like, ah, nope. Nope. Yeah. Not much (laughs) creeps me out when kids go like, I see dead people. I'm like, we're we're shutting this down. (laughs) Get away from me now, child. Yep. Yes. Mm. And, and he looked back and he's like, oh, well, she's gone now. And he said she was wearing a weird dress. I was like, oh, buddy. Okay. Okay. Uh, so everybody gets down there and I get to the point where I'm I'm talking about the little ghost children and he just like loses his shit. She's like, wait, did I see a ghost? I saw a ghost, didn't I? I saw a ghost. <laughs> um, so, and he didn't know the stories going in. So he didn't know we had these, these, this ghost girl. The girl is seen most frequently. Uh, the, the little boy isn't seen very often. So that was, that was just kind of cool. Uh, I've had a number of times like that where somebody has seen something or experienced something prior to knowing the story, and then it lines up with uh, whatever we say in the story. Um, we were under the J&M. This was after they'd closed up and we still had access. So the upstairs, the bar is is sealed up, padlocked, boards on the walls. There's nobody in there. I'd taken my tour down and I was midway through talking about something and we started hearing like stomping footsteps going across the floor and everybody stops and they're all looking at me because I think they're trying to figure out how I'm going to react. And I'm just like, uh, <laughs> uh, and then we hear, I swear to God, a pool game start up, and it went on for maybe 30 seconds So we get back up to the street and I'm like, okay, we need to look. We need to make sure there's nobody in there. But because of the way all the windows were boarded up, the only windows you could see through were way up, like, you know, 10 feet up or whatever. So this one dude gets this other dude on his shoulders (laughs) to look in the window. That would be us. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. You, it's you, and you can usually spot who those people are going to. Is like you too. You'll do this, uh, and there was nobody in there. It's it's completely dark. The padlock hasn't been messed with. It, there's nothing, and that continued to happen only on the Saturday night tours. Generally, uh, the the later ones. I don't think it was happening at the other times. So, I don't know those ghosts. <laughs> At like a weekly pool game they were playing. <laughs> so that was just kind of trippy. Uh, you have a lot of stuff like that that happens. You know, um, we had a lot more things happen in our old space that was in the underground. Our current space, most of the tour is above ground. So you you sort of have less of the more paranormal experiences happen. At our old spook space, though, um, there was a, oh uh, yeah, it's always a, a child spirit too. There's a little girl ghost in our old space and my boss had got a doll for her. It's a little, um, 
music. It has. She's got like a little music box in the back of her. So you you know you turn the key, you wind it up. Her head spins around. She shoots out uh, sparks. No, um, but uh, she played music. She played music, and we kept her on this little chair, and we kept marble uh, marble on her, so you couldn't easily just pick her up because the marble clacked to the floor, and we'd know somebody had messed with her. And she was behind some some barriers. The tour guides were the only ones who were supposed to go back there, and we didn't ever touch her. And uh, the girl ghost was pretty shy. She didn't come out too often, but she'd play with the doll sometimes. And I was at the end of my tour. So it was probably, this would have been one of the 830 tours. So it was probably close to 10 o'clock at night. And I'm answering a couple questions. There's maybe four or five people left. And all of a sudden we hear from um, the death museum is what we call all of our stuff that we have. So it was from the interior, the music box playing. And we race in there. And the doll is sitting on her chair. The marble is still there. Nobody is in the museum. There's only one way to get in or out of it. Uh, if you're, uh, yeah, no, there's there's the only the one way in or out of it. And she played for a little bit and then she stopped. And it wasn't like, you know, sometimes you can wind up something and it'll stop playing, but then maybe a little later it'll play again. Nobody had been near it. It hadn't been touched. It hadn't been accessed. We don't touch it. We don't pick it up. Uh, so it wasn't some kind of residual winding. The only thing that ever winds it up or any, the only times it would ever happen is if the little girl was playing with it, basically. Uh we had a whole haunted doll collection. Too. Naturally. So naturally as one, I have a haunted doll over there on my shelf. I've got, I only have one though. I don't have a whole collection. Uh, and stuff used to happen with the dolls. The, there's one doll we call Mr. Creepy because it's a ventriloquist doll. So that's already creepy. Yeah. And it has, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's <laughs> end of story. Uh, but the ventriloquist made him in his likeness using his actual hair. Oh God! So he's got hair, and he's got these bushy eyebrows. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's incredibly creepy, and these big, wide eyes, and uh, his head would turn a lot, and the eyes were controlled by. It's an old ventriloquist, all right. So you have to squeeze this little trigger for the eyes to move, but you have to actively be squeezing it when you release the eyes go back, and so sometimes you know the eyes would be looking at you. And if you got, then if you walk towards the doll, the eyes would snap back into place. So stuff like that, where you're like, that's not right. (laughs) (laughs) Burn it, burn it. Uh, So yeah, the haunted dolls, they, they, sometimes they can get a little bit extra. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it's, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of little stuff will happen. Uh, You feel like somebody's tugging on your clothes. Um, That happens a lot with my skirt when I'm walking up at merchants. Um, I'll have to sometimes go all the way downstairs to see if there's customers down there. The bartender is busy. And a lot of times when I'm walking back up, like, it's like little kids getting your attention, right? You just feel this like tug, tug, tug. Um, Lights flickering. Uh, The doors will close by themselves sometimes. So it's it's little things, stuff that's it's exciting when it happens on the tour. It's not something I can ever really point to as being like, and I've just proved ghosts. <laughs> Look at me. Uh, ta-da. It, ta-da. <laughs> Take I've that, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, uh, fuck me, right? 
but it's uh, no. And so it's, you know, you've got a lot of stuff like that where you're like, it's great when that happens because people get a big kick out of it. Like, Saturday, the lights were super weird. And I, I always check because most of the light fixtures are in places that only the employees can access, but there's one that you could access. And so anytime the lights do anything, I always have to do that little like, is this some asshole who's playing with us? Occasionally, one of the kitchen workers likes to mess with people, and so he'll start <laughs> fucking with the lights, which again, I'm like, yeah, it's fair. I would probably do the same thing. Um, but no, nobody was – there was nobody near any of the light fixtures. All the employees were upstairs because it wasn't a super busy night, and the lights were being weird. Uh, one time <laughs> – I forgot about this. One time – this was when um, they'd had a TV downstairs. They'd play the the games on. So I think it was the Mariners game that was on. And it was a earlier tour. It was like a Sunday at 6 p.m. tour. And I'd brought my group downstairs. And somebody said something about, you know, oh, Mariners, they're crap. And all the power downstairs cut. And I was like, dude... <laughs> He just pissed them off. Take it back. Take it back. <laughs> and he was like, all right, I take it back. Everything comes back on. And again, can I say for sure that was not an employee messing with us? I don't know. <laughs> but that was definitely, I was like, apparently the ghosts are Mariners fans. <laughs> Die hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, on, on the tours, we've got weird stuff that happens. Um, but I, I don't know that I've had some of the level of like stuff that's happened on investigations every so often that you're just like, okay, that's, <laughs> that's, that's kind of freaky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you, you mentioned you also do a podcast uh, and that's, mm -hmm. that's mostly true crime, right? Uh, it's a mixture of true crime, paranormal, the the odd cryptid or alien story um sometimes curses i've done a bunch of the movie curses i talked about um i did the exorcist and the omen and uh did i do rosemary's baby i think i did rosemary's baby i can't even remember anymore <laughs> so it's it's a combination of kind of anything macabre and and weird um we try to keep a pretty steady rotation so that like i i lean pretty heavily true crime but um like I, I, you know, did an episode not too long ago about uh, Franklin Castle, which is all the the one of the the more haunted places. And um, Gabby just did an alien abduction episode, and you know, we did a Jersey Devil one. And every so often, I oh, I did the the New Jersey shark attacks. That was fun. So it's any story that's kind of dark or weird or, or twisted. Uh, will will we're game to cover. Um, and it's it's a good time. You get a little bit of little bit of everything for people who like the <laughs> the creepy stuff. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And guys, uh, I know you and Tori did uh, mm -hmm. a, a couple different panels at Crypticon this past year, and my wife was actually there this year. She was helping mm. me out with my. So I was, I was doing a, a vendor table for the oh, first right, time. Right, right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She was helping me out with that, but she wanted she saw those two panels on the schedule and wanted to go see them, and she was very impressed. So, oh well, well, yay! Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the we did um, two that like we do full PowerPoint presentations and and. I mean, one of them becomes a, and I got to say, Tori had me beat this year. The case she covered was, uh, it's an, 
appalling, appalling case. I was the, it was the toolbox killer, I think. Uh, and uh, so I felt like when I got up there, and my case wasn't great either. But I was like, well, this one at least has some funny moments. <laughs> it was yes, because it was it was date it was the dating game guy, uh, Rodney Alcala. And so you know, you show clips of him on the dating game, and it's weird and off putting and creepy because he was also a serial killer at the time. But it's also <laughs> kind of funny because you're watching him answer these questions, knowing I'm like, you murdered a bunch of people, and you're trying to hit on this lady, and you're a creep. <laughs> So that was that was entertaining. <laughs> but yeah, we have a good time doing those. Um the crowds are always really good. Everybody I mean most you you don't really go to a true crime panel like that if you're not somewhat interested in it. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah my wife she's definitely a, a true crime addict, so. Nice. That, that that consumes most of our TV time, so. Uh yeah, there's there is no lack of material these days. There really isn't, and I could probably count. Well, and I couldn't. I could not count how many times she's rewatched. Well, she's watched different shows about the same cases. Oh yeah, yes, yes. She get those little nuggets that are new sometimes. Right. Uh no, it's good. Well, and and you know, there's a lot of uh very cool cold cases that have been getting solved lately. Um. I mean, obviously, the Golden State Killer is is still one people talk about, but uh, the the arrest that was just made and the Long Island serial killer, like that's where I went to school, so um, that was a that was huge when all of that stuff started to break. I mean, I went to those beaches, you know, mm-hmm. so it, that was trippy, and well, even stuff like um, the Lady of the Dunes, which was a cold case. Uh, in um oh, it was from like the 70s and they just within the last year identified the woman who was murdered so it was this huge break in the case because from that they now have a guy who has since died because it's been 50 years but uh who they're fairly positive was her murderer so the the advances they're making in in the dna technology and all of that is it's bonkers what they can do now so you just have all of these old 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 cases that are are finally getting some resolution so it's i mean it's weird to say that's exciting but it is really exciting so you have also then a lot of new content lots of new documentaries lots of new books and everything um we have access to information now in a way we never have before so it's uh it it makes for some some good new spins on stories. <laughs> I can't tell if I'm not hearing. I'm not hearing him either. Okay, I was like, is that just me? Did I hit my thing again? Oh, oh no, he broke it. <laughs> what did you do? Oh, now he's gone. <laughs> oh. Oh. Can you hear me now? <gasps> yes. Yay. That was weird. Uh, okay, it's still going. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, my, like I said, you know, my wife, she watches these shows ad nauseum. And uh, a lot of them, like you said, with, you know, the, the DNA um, or the, the ancestry cases and stuff that are coming mm-hmm. up. Yeah, that, that seems to just reopen all of these things that, you know, they've already made into t- 10 different shows already. <laughs> well, it, even the, uh, you know, Gary Ridgeway, um, 
he was first a Green River killer. He was first questioned, I think it was 83 as a suspect. Mm-hmm. He wasn't arrested until 2001 uh, because of DNA <coughs> that they were finally able to test. And even with him, there's, you know, they're, they're trying to retest a bunch of, of, um, uh, to see if they can make connections to, to, to murders that they've not been able to connect to him before, uh, identifying bodies. Like it's, it's really remarkable and it's hopefully going to bring some peace to a lot of people who still have, you know, if you have loved ones who, who have disappeared and, and, uh, just closing some of those cases, it's huge. Yeah. Um, but it's also then weird to read content that happened beforehand or see something from beforehand where you're like, wait, we have an answer for that now. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> you must update. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. I, I think we'll probably start kind of winding down here. There's just yeah, one more thing I wanted to ask you about. You mentioned the hundred days of horror mm-hmm. and now you, I feel like you probably haven't done that every year, right? Like, or do, or do you? This is year 10. So you have been doing it consistently. Okay. Yeah. For the last um, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how's that, how's that going this year? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I, I, you know, when you hit year 10, when you're trying to watch a hundred horror films you've never seen, um, you do start to scrape a little the bottom of the barrel with some of the older stuff. Uh, but uh, I've I've stayed I I have a backlog of of stuff I have to post just because I've been busy enough I've I've gotten a little behind but uh, yeah we're we're starting to get into the home stretch I'm trying to pick a final movie because I feel like I should do something significant for the last movie I watch in the tenth year I'm doing this mm-hmm. like movie a thousand but I have not quite figured out what that's gonna be. Because so many of the classics I've now watched from previous years. So I'm trying to dig through all the lists of like, what are the, you know, top hundred horror films ever and and seeing what I haven't seen yet to, to pick something. Uh, but, uh, you know, there I've been watching a lot of, of recent stuff just because there's there's been a lot of stuff coming out uh, of varying quality. Mostly not great quality. Yeah. <laughs> they try. <laughs> they try. No, it's, it's, and it, you know, it's hard because there's some movies you watch and I say this as somebody who, you know, I make low budget short horror films. So I have, uh, an appreciation for when you can see the heart in a movie and you're like, was this great? No, but were they really trying hard and was, did they put everything into it? You can tell the difference when you have those little indie films where you're like, okay, this wasn't perfect, but like, it had it had heart. Yeah. You got to have heart. <laughs> yeah, that, that's something that I think we both take it heavily into account when we're judging for our film festival. Yeah. The you know, uh you 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 want to encourage and you want to I'm always amazed that stuff people can accomplish with so many limitations and still create something pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's, you know, I mean, I, I run a, a, a couple different film programs at a local theater for, for teens. And we recently started a, a program last year uh, with them, you know, writing and directing and editing and completely putting together their own films. And, um, 
it's it's really really cool to see to have like returning kids where you start to see like you started here and this is the progress you're making each year and uh it's really it's satisfying it's fun uh and i also love how many of them want to they they don't have to make horror films but but you always have a handful who do anyway and you're like you're my favorites (laughs) i don't have favorites but i do and it's you All right. Um, well, I think, yeah, we can kind of end things there. Um, cool. And uh, yeah, uh, you want to drop some uh, some some plugs for you know, oh, your podcast? Your sure. Spooked in Seattle? Spooked in Seattle. Uh, yeah, because you can, you can find me all sorts of places. Uh, <laughs> uh, down in, I, I am. I know. <laughs> it's not an easy answer to what do you do. <laughs> like how long do you have uh uh yes i do tours at spooked in seattle which is down in pioneer square so if you're local you can come check those out uh if you want specifically to have me as your tour guide you may need to check in ahead of time because my schedule there does shift since i do 20 million things uh and i uh, have a podcast with with my my podcast partner gabby called ghoulish tendencies which you can find anywhere you you listen to podcasts. Uh, we're actually recording that, uh, well, tomorrow in this time, but our double episode so we can release one uh, on Halloween since we are in the midst nice. of spooky season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much, Kim, for coming on. Yeah. We really appreciate it. It was a this lot was of fun. fun. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> um. And uh, yeah, take care. And I guess cool. we'll we'll see you in May, if not sooner. Yeah, sounds good. Great. Cool. All right. <laughs> take care. All right. Thank you. Bye. I got that gray fly. I got that gray fly. I got that gray fly. It's right off the highway. Wobble dee wobble dee drop into my gray plot. You afraid of death? Well, I'm afraid not. Cause I got the bomb spot right off the highway. I did it my way. A very small percent of the time way. I got my coffin picked out. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, and just want to take a second to thank all of our guests for uh, for coming on the show this year. Uh, for uh, not Crypticon, <laughs> um, Octoberama. You know, again, it's, it's our it's our ten years ten year anniversary. We started this October twenty thirteen, um, and uh, we wanted to you know celebrate by giving some exposure to you know the the people who make our local horror community a thing. You know, make the whole thing happen. Strong, yeah, strong like bull. Like bull. Um, so yeah, uh, much love, much appreciation to, to all the folks that came on. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, you know, we, ha- we don't do interviews like ever anymore, but, uh, kind of got me back in the, back in the notion. Maybe we'd try and do one again sometime soon. <laughs> uh, provided it works out for us because that's, that's the key thing. Yeah. That's the, yeah, that's the whole thing. Because, you know, it's it's not worth it if it's not easy for us. That's pretty much why we stopped doing it. <laughs> <coughs> also got to a point where it's like, where, who do we talk to? Because like, we, we, we used up all of our ins. <laughs> yeah. And then we had to make new ones, and we're not good at that. It's true. Anyway, so <clears throat> that only leaves one thing left to do, guys. 
And let's talk about some movies. Let's go. All right, Halloween movies, guys. You know, there's any number of, like, actual, like, Halloween franchise movies. And we've only done a couple. <laughs> a handful, yeah. <laughs> and you may ask yourselves, why, guys? Why? And the answer answer is, we don't we know. We don't know. <laughs> I guess at first it just kind of seemed like it was a little too on the nose. It was, yeah, it was a little too obvious. Um, and Honestly, this probably would have been the year to do it. Pro- probably <laughs> but I, we didn't i thought about it but then, 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 then <laughs> i'll just keep them guessing um but no we're gonna talk about um uh dark harvest and the bond Two, the bond pot Two. it doesn't take place anywhere near the east coast no we just like saying bond <laughs> actually it might be on the east coast they don't really say where it I is i don't think they ever say huh that's a good point but nobody has accents, so probably soon. It's fair to say. I mean, everyone says barn. They do say barn. Nobody says bond. They never say bond. So it's, it's safe to assume that nobody in the area says that. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Taylor, which one should we start with? Let's start with Dark Harvest. It's Halloween. You know what that means. Old Sawtooth Jack is gonna rise from the cornfields. It's gotta be stopped. Kill or be killed. You've all heard the stories. We failed at our duties. And that black dust destroyed our crops, our lives. It must die. So we can live. Your sacred duty is to take down Sawtooth Jack before that church bell rings at midnight. You really think that's real? I saw it. It's real. You saw it? Did you kill it? Then let's go kill it. You should do it. You know I'm not allowed. Just because your brother won the run last year? I got an idea. If that thing isn't dead by midnight, this whole town is going straight to hell. I want to go home. I want to go home. You think you're special. Why are you doing this? If you're born in this town, you're cursed. I'm ending this. Tonight. It ain't over. Which is pronounced Dark Harvest. Dark Harvest. <laughs> Sorry for the confusion. Um, well, I mean, it takes place in the Midwest, so it's probably more like Dark Dark Harvest. <laughs> Try not to go too Minnesota with it. <laughs> um, this is, is brand new. Like, the day we're recording, it came out two days ago. Yep. Uh, based on a novel by Norman Partridge, which came out in 2006. This was originally supposed to come out last year, but uh, it, it didn't. Cool story. I don't really have any backstory on that. <laughs> but 
Um, I know like, so this, like you said, this takes place somewhere in the Midwest. I don't think they say Sebastian, Illinois, Illinois. Okay. Uh, it reads very much like the Midwest, you know, anywhere in the U.S. But this was actually filmed in Canada. Was it? Yeah, which is also where uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife was filmed, which took place in Oklahoma. So there just must be this. There's some mu- kind of farmland in the middle of Canada, which stands the reason. But you wouldn't think that something so far north would look like something so far south. Yeah, <laughs> at least relative to the. Northern Hemisphere. Right. <clears throat> but anyway, I just thought that was interesting. That is interesting, actually. Uh, so this movie starts out in 1962. Uh, like I said, in the, the rural town of Bastion, Illinois. We see this group of, of younger kids. Uh, sorry, older kids. High school age. Yeah. And uh, they're all kind of running around looking for something just like hoodlums yeah they all have one guy's wearing like a jfk mask because it's 1962 um i can't remember what any of the other ones were wearing but mostly like they're wearing like the you know the vacuum formed ben cooper kind of masks yeah and all of a sudden this creature rises up out of this cornfield and it's a big tall creature like very skinny with a big pumpkin head but it's not not pumpkin, pumpkin head. <laughs> but one of the guys is just like, there it is over there. And they go and they chase it down. And it's running towards the church. But they stop it and they kill it. And then they rip open its stomach and start eating all its insides, which are candy. Yeah. <laughs> which, like, at first, you know, it looks like he's just ripping, like, Poorly constructed, like, special effects innards. Yeah. But then I saw an Abba Zappa wrapper. <laughs> <laughs> and so this this kid who ended up killing it uh, is named um, John Shepard. Right? John? Jim. Jim Shepard. Jim, Jimmy Jim Bob. Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo. <laughs> and we see there. there's this big dance afterwards. And at the dance, this you know older guy comes up and he just announces that Jim Shepard is the, the winner of the run and that his family is getting a, a big new house and a, a Cadillac and Jim is getting a brand new Corvette. The hell of a town. Yeah. And so, you know, nobody's I, I just want to comment on the fact that nobody seems to be really phased by the fact that there was a monster like on its way into their town. Yeah. This, the celebration seems very blase. Yeah. Like it seems very um, kind of everyone's used to it. It's, it. it's not this like we're celebrating because we killed this monster and oh my God, the town is saved. Like all this stuff. It's very just like, this is what we do here. Mm-hmm. But so Jim sees his, his brother, Richie, you know, gives him a hug, gets in his Cadillac and says, there's no stop signs on the black road. And then takes off in his brand new. I don't know what that means. I don't either. Most... I also didn't understand him when he said it. Either time. <laughs> the, when he said there's no stop signs on the black road? Yeah. Oh. I understood it when Richie says it. And then when it's written on the wall. Which is when I finally realized what he was saying. Mm. But it just sounds like. Where is that black road? That was all I heard. <laughs> 
And then yeah, he takes off <laughs> in his uh in his brand new um his vet. His vet, yeah. Then we flash forward one year later, well, three hundred and sixty seven days later. It was six days before Halloween, I think. I think that's what it said. Wouldn't that be less than 365 days? What did I say? 367. Oh, 357. <laughs> uh, Wait, maybe it did say 57. I don't know. Whatever I said, it was probably. Find out later. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, we're getting ready for Halloween, and there's a... Uh, what do they call those? Assembly in the school gym, and this police officer... Is tell it's all, it's, all the guys. It's all the guys, yeah. And this police officer is telling them about the legend of Sawtooth Jack. And he says, you know, every year this creature rises out of the corn stalks and comes and attacks our, our town. And if he makes it into the church by midnight, something bad is going to happen. It's only ever happened once. And when, when it happened, there was a massive like <coughs> sandstorm. That just enveloped the whole town. Sandstorm? Sandstorm. On the sandstorm. Was he a fucking X-Man? <laughs> That's only like four people are going to have that. If that. If Silas listens. <laughs> and us. <clears throat> yeah, that's three right there. <laughs> you done? I'm trying to be. <laughs> yeah, so it's... For whatever reason, it's the job of the town's high school boys to chase down this monster and kill it before it reaches the church. The young boys. The young boys. Like, the police don't get involved. The rest of the town doesn't get involved. It's not like this whole town thing. Even though, apparently, if he gets to the church, something catastrophic could happen. Yeah, just something very ritualistic about the whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, Richie's there, and him and him and his gang... The, uh, oh God, bandits. the bandits, yeah, they're, they're all wearing denim jackets that say bandits across the back, and yeah, they're all greasers with their slick back hair because they're pieces of shit. And they're like, "Go grease lightning, yep, burn up the quarter mile." Yep, they sing that in the middle. Yep, and they do the hand jive. Yeah, <laughs> go grease lightning. But Richie's just like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna win the run this year." Everyone, all his, you know, his little cronies are like, "Yeah, you're the fastest and the coolest, Richie." escape <laughs> up but the local tough uh, he he's wearing a letterman's jacket so he must be on the football team or something some jag off some fucking jabroni um what's his name B- riley his name would be riley he's like you're not even eligible like why are you here and apparently richie is not eligible because jim won last year and so if you're the sibling of someone who's already won, you are not eligible to win the run. Right. Or if you're a girl or a Mexican, apparently. <laughs> because there's this guy named Bud that's in the bandits, and Riley tells him that he's not eligible because he's Mexican. I think he's just fucking with him. I mean, probably. <laughs> <clears throat> but but so, uh, so Richie punches him in the face. As you do. Sure. They get separated, and but after school, Riley chases Richie down, and so they're like running through the streets. Richie ducks into the local movie theater, 
when did that get added? Maybe just now. <laughs> I don't know. That literally was not there this morning. <laughs> um, Richie ducks into the, the local movie theater and the girl working there is a, uh, a young black girl who Richie has a crush on. Reminder, this is 1963. That's the reason I mentioned her race. All right. But, you know, they get to talking and kind of hit it off. She gives him uh, a free a free pop. That's not a euphemism. No. It, it, he literally asks for a, he asks for a pop because it's 1963. And she gives a, him a sodi pop. She gives him a bottle of, of Coke and popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> and says, you know, you can duck into the movie if you want. He goes, oh, no, I got I got a jet or whatever it is people in the 60s say. Yeah, probably something cool. I don't know. <laughs> and then he like pulls out a switchblade comb and combs like a hair. No, he has an actual switchblade, not a switchblade comb, right. which is a shame. <laughs> it's a shame that his switchblade was not a comb. <laughs> it, it's only an actual knife. This must have just been added because this is just a giant wall of text. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, but the girl's name is Kelly. Uh, Kelly, 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 Kelly. Yep. That's what I call her. That <laughs> night, um, Richie and, and the bandits go out to smoke. No smoke. Smoke some weird. Um... <laughs> That night, Richie is telling his dad, who is played by Jeremy Davies, right? He's telling me, you know, I'm, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the run, and I'm gonna win because I know I'm, I'm faster than Jim, and I'm smarter than Jim, I'm better looking than Jim, and doggone it, people like me more than Jim." <laughs> He's like, "I know I, I can win," and his dad's just like, "You're not doing the fucking run." He's like, "You're not eligible to win. We already have the big house and the fancy car. We're rock stars." Yep. You want to be a rock star? Big house, five cars. Yep. Yep. Like Alan Cummings said in Josie and the Pussycats. That's what that quote is from. Right. <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> but yeah, he basically tells him, you know, you are forbidden from doing the run. And Richie is just like, you never let me do anything. <laughs> You're not the boss of me. Uh, meanwhile, he gets a, a postcard. From Jim, who is allegedly living in Santa Clara now. But the postcard is from New Orleans. But he's he's off seeing the world in his in his vet. Right. Is it what they keep telling him? You know, it's nineteen sixty three, you can't really just like text him or yeah. know, have him drop a pin or something to tell you where he's at. Yeah. People send postcards. It's, it's weird. Yeah. I think probably like nineteen ninety three was the last time I sent a postcard. <laughs> That's a postcard. Yep. Oh, she still gets postcards all the time. Oh. Uh, but yeah, Richie, Richie, you know, fights back. Oh, and to prepare for the run, these boys are locked in their room for three days, not given any food, water, or attention. Yeah. Which is child abuse. Yep. <clears throat> Imprisonment, kidnapping, all yeah. those things. Yeah, like these guys are like losing their minds. Like they're like slowly becoming feral. They can't even can't even use the toilet. Like there's a shot of like well, I mean not a shot, but like 
a b- brief moment where you see a guy like he's taking a piss in his bedroom because he can't go use the bathroom. Yeah, these literally they just lock him in there and leave him to their own devices for whatever they want to do for three days. Uh, the next day, Richie gets his ass kicked by Riley. Riley chases him down and just beats the crap out of him. Steals his belt. Which I, I don't know if I missed this at some point, but apparently, like, it had some connection to his brother. Yeah, they had the same belt buckle. Right. Okay. Did they actually go over that, or is it just implied? Well, when when he, okay, I'm gonna try and say this without spoiling anything. Later, he gets the belt back, and when he gets it back, you can see the buckle. And then later, he spots the buckle. On someone else. Right. And we're just supposed to... Like, oh, okay. Or was there an actual explanation behind this belt buckle that I just completely missed? It was just that it was the same. Okay. (coughs) But so Richie goes home and he finds a letter. Like a handwritten letter this time. From Jim. Because when he got the postcard, he was just like, you know, this is all he ever sends me. It just says like, miss you, baby B, or whatever. And so it's this full handwritten letter talking about, you know... Seeing the world is great and all this stuff, but honestly, I just miss home. And if I were you, I would never leave home, which w- was weird. Truman, Truman Show. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, this might be jumping ahead a little bit, but I'm, I'll come back around. But basically, you find out that no one is allowed to leave this town. Richie tries to, to leave at one point, and uh, the sheriff, uh, Sheriff Ricks, who... Um, Lynn said this guy was from, oh, he's on the, I think she said, oh, Miss Maisel. Yeah, he plays Lenny Bruce. Yeah. He's, he, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's very eccentric. He captures Lenny Bruce pretty well in the show. But in this, he is so intense. Just over the top. Yeah. He's like, his voice sounds like a Hank Azaria character for something. Yeah. <laughs> but he stops Richie from, you know, crossing the town border and then hits him with his billy club over the head and knocks him unconscious for three days. And then gives him another on the ribs just for good measure. Yeah, you don't want him to forget, you know. Yeah. Just like that guy from Arrested Development. Who would always, you know, come in after someone was hit and hit him with the billy club. And then he then he stormed the Capitol on January 6th. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, like I said, the, the kids are locked in their rooms for three days. And they start just losing their minds. Like you see them, they're like banging on the door, like open the fucking door. I'm so hungry, and they're all just like going feral practically, mm-hmm. until finally, on Halloween night, open the doors, let them loose, and they're they're all just like going. Instead of acting out on their parents, they're just like, yeah, I'm gonna kill the Sawtooth Jack. Yeah, well, I guess like because they've been told that they can't eat until after. Sawtooth is dead. Yeah. So I guess that's good motivator. Or unless they, you know, incapacitate their parents and eat whatever they want. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so they all hit the streets. They're all in their Ben Cooper masks and whatever rinky-dink Halloween costumes. And they all go out to to try and fight Sawtooth Jack. The bandits are all wearing Crimson Skull masks, which this was pre-Misfits. So um, I guess it was just from... Crimson Ghost. Is it called Crimson Ghost? Sorry, yes, Ghost. Which is that the name of the movie? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Crimson Skulls. 
Captain America. Right. <laughs> That's Red Skull. Same color, though. Something is Crimson Skull. There is a Crimson Skull. Ah, you're worthless. <laughs> um, yeah, since this is brand new, I don't want to spoil too much, but... Resident um, Evil? That doesn't sound right. I mean, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying that's not what I would think it would be from. Anyway. Um, There's a, a, a Western from 1922 called The Crimson Ah, Skull. yes, of course. Because as Langley said, I was big into spaghetti westerns as a kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, there's all these rules for killing Sawtooth. Um, like you, you have to be on foot, even though the bandits break that rule. Right. They go in the one guy that looks like a young Jesse Plemons' truck. <laughs> uh, you're not allowed to use any guns. Uh... That was really kind of it. But. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. <clears throat> this whole thing is very um, shrouded in secrecy because it's like nobody really knows why they do it. Nobody really understands the rules. They just kind of abide by them. Yeah, I mean, they know or they believe at least that something catastrophic will happen. But other than that, they really don't know where Sawtooth came from, why this is happening like is this town cursed we don't ever find out like right um yeah and like like you said there's just they're just like these are the rules and they just go okay yeah and just blindly follow them whereas me i feel like i would be like if they were like you're not allowed to use guns and i'd be like aren't we supposed to kill it yeah like, it's like that seems like the fastest easiest way <laughs> dead is dead I, I, I think yeah and dead is better <laughs> sometimes sometimes yeah, that's true <laughs> And if it, but if it bleeds, we can kill it. That's what they say. Yeah. Not in this. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a different movie. They say it, though. I've heard it said. Mm. Uh, yeah, and so the, mis- or the, the misfits, the bandits all chase down Sawtooth. And um, there's uh, Sawtooth. He, he gets... gets uh, I was gonna say he gets his, but that makes it sound like he dies, dies, dies. What I meant was he like he gets his own licks in. Yeah, and uh, some of them are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I, I'm, I don't know if you didn't mention it or if I just kind of zoned out for a second. But I don't know, you're on your phone for a little bit. At, well, at the beginning of the movie, like during the, the initial run, uh, when they're out in the cornfields looking for Sawtooth Jack, there's a kid that. He's kind of wandering around on his own. And then, then the next minute you see him, he's on fire. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to, to try and explain the look of Sawtooth Jack, he's like I said, he's very tall and very thin. Um, you can see like his rib cage and stuff kind of almost like almost like the body of Pumpkinhead. Yeah. Except that he's got an actual pumpkin. So he has an actual pumpkin, but it's like formed to his head in parts. Yeah, it's kind of like a skull-shaped it's pumpkin. Not, it's not like when Dwight put a big pumpkin on his head. <laughs> I'm sure. It kind of looks like the the things from Return to Oz. Uh, that's, a, that's a reach for me. <laughs> well, they had pumpkins on their heads. 
Take you with your word. Or like Jack Skellington. When he's the where's the pumpkin on his head when he's the pumpkin king. But again, not it's not just an actual pumpkin. Sure. It's kind of uh partially um uh not melted. Just rotted? Rotted, yes. Uh yeah, and then like it's Richie and Kelly are, you know, making this connection throughout the movie while also trying to A kill um Sawtooth and B just get the fuck out of town. Right. Seems like they're trying to bounce back and forth between which one's more important. Yeah. <laughs> to me, getting out of town would be Yeah, fuck I should be like, fuck them kids. Fuck that town. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, and the whole thing is shrouded in mystery. Yes. There's clearly things that are being hidden for the greater good. Yeah. I mean, there are clearly things that the the adults are not telling the kids and nobody really seems to question it except for, um, Richie. Yeah. Um, and Kelly, cause she's not from around here. Right. (laughs) The greater good. Um, Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Cool. Yeah. Uh, probably my favorite scene <coughs> in the whole movie, and you know, I, I will spoil this one scene, so it's, sorry, I guess. But there's a bunch of kids in a like a storm uh, cellar. Mm, yep. That was a good one. And I think it was Bud, like, runs up, and he's, like, slamming on the door, and he's like, let me in, let me in, let me in. Yeah, because he, he tries to go home, and he's like, Pounding on the door, crying, Mommy, let me in. Yeah, and then she's she opens the door and she's like, Make us proud. And like and then the dad comes out and just like shoves him and just like, You go be a man. Yeah. There was another uh I mean, not to derail you too much, but there was another kid who was apparently hiding in his house and his dad found him. Or no, it was, it was a sheriff's kid. Yeah. He goes oh, he like he speeds home. Goes inside and like thirty seconds later comes and like he throws his kid out into the lawn. Yeah, it's like I didn't raise you to be a pussy. I believe he calls him a panty waste. Is that what it was? Because he calls multiple people panty wasted throughout the movie. This is a favorite favorite thing of his. Yeah, the storm cellar. Bud's you know banging on the door and the kids push open the door. This is like these kids look like they're the D and D squad or something. Like they're not the best and the brightest, right? I mean, they might be the brightest. They're probably the smartest kids in school. Sure, yeah, they usually are. But, you know, Bud's just like, let me in. And they're like, $20. He's like, I don't have any fucking money. That's a lot of money in the 60s. Yeah, and he says everybody paid that. Who's walking around with $20 in their pocket when they're like less 16, than 18 years old? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, then they're arguing amongst themselves. Like, we got to let him in. Like, so, you know, he's going to die. And, uh, Something happened. They did they finally open the door and let him in? Um, because they open the doors. <clears throat> yeah, he stopped. Like so, from inside, they they stop hearing him pounding, and and one kid just like I'm gonna let him in, and everybody else is like no no no. And that's when he opens the doors, mm. and, and then yeah, you just see like it cuts to a wide shot, and you just see Sawtooth like walking in and going down the stairs, and as soon as it happened, it's kind of almost in slow motion too. Yeah. As soon as it happened, I was like, I just want a blood cannon to shoot out of that 
And that's exactly what happens. So I was just like, yeah. <laughs> this, this seems a lot, but apparently in 1963, $20 was worth $201 now. Damn. I don't. That doesn't seem right. I don't know. Inflation's a real thing. That's like nine hundred percent inflation in sixty years. Mm. I believe it. This one doesn't. Yeah, this scene literally like gave me exactly what I wanted in, almost in real time. <laughs> What are we doing? I'm using a different calculator to see. Okay. Oh, go, go ahead. I mean, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, oh. <laughs> like I said, I, I, since this movie is brand new, I don't want to spoil it. Um. Yeah. Uh, this is this is a good one. I, I liked it more than I was expecting, actually. Yeah. I Actually, I wanted to put this on the calendar last year. But then, I, you know, I swear at one time, uh, David Harbour was attached to this. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know if he was going to play the dad or the sheriff or what, but um, I swear he was attached to this. Yeah, this says $201, too. So. Yeah, see? Well, there you go. That's, that's definitely a lot of money for a teenager to be carrying around then. Yeah. Yeah, there was definitely like a if I was sorry, if, if I was in a situation similar to that, it was like okay, let me in, I'm gonna die out here. It's two hundred dollars. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that kind of money. What's your Venmo? <laughs> anyway. Sorry. Um yeah, I mean I wish I could go more into it because the, there were parts where I was like definitely kind of wondering what was going on not necessarily what was going on but like why yeah and but i i mean a lot of stuff does get answered towards the end but also there's still a lot of stuff that does not yeah <clears throat> and like the i don't know if big reveal is necessarily the right there's like there's like a reveal at the end um and i think you're supposed to just go <gasps> But they kind of telegraphed it, like, 15 minutes earlier. Yeah. So it's not it kind of like... It's more of a, oh. It's like, mm. For me, it's like, okay, yep, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you never get, like, kind of, like, resolution. I mean, maybe this is a little bit of a spoiler, not necessarily... Um, about what happens more, what doesn't, you never get really a, an answer of why this all, why this thing happens, why th this whole thing started, why they continue it. Yeah. That's the part that got me is I was like, it feels like they could just not do this. Yeah. Although there does seem one to be one fucker who's just kind of the, the source of all of it. Yeah. There's always one asshole like that yeah. trying to shit in the apple pie. <laughs> Oh, um, let's see the, uh, uh, the shepherd mom was apparently from, cause I was like, why do I recognize her? Me too. And she instantly was like, oh, she was on Grey's Anatomy. That's what, yeah. 
my wife went on an IMDb dig, and she's like, oh, I know how you recognize her, but you're not going to like why. <laughs> what? Oh, she knew it instantly. <laughs> she <laughs> told me the whole story. Like, I was just like, oh, I do remember that. Yeah. I, she said you're, she's from Grey's Anatomy. like, oh, okay. Like, I, I don't know that I would know her from Grey's Anatomy. I haven't watched enough of it. Yeah. And I mean, I think her and Jeremy Davies are really the only people in this that I recognized. I mean, the, yeah, the, the um, sheriff or. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I've never seen um, Mrs. Maisel, so I don't. Oh. I didn't recognize her. She was on Mad Men for two episodes. Um, she was in Twilight, so you probably recognize her from that. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, because I know you love those. <laughs> um, Crazy Anatomy. Wayne Days. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I looked through her IMDb. Um, and nothing was really jumping out at me. Hmm. Not even her one episode on sports theater with Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Shacktoberfest is back this year. Yeah, it is. Now they officially announced it. 40 bucks. That's about how much we paid for Dark Harbor. Was it? Yeah. I didn't think it was that much. Um, yeah, this, this was good. It was, like I said, it was better than I expected. Um, oh, the kids go to Bradbury High, which I was just like, yeah, this feels very Ray Bradbury. <laughs> Didn't make the connection, but yeah. You know, Halloween tree. There's a lot of similarities that I saw. <laughs> oh, you know what? Okay. Haunting of Hill House. She was in that? Yes. And that, I think that's probably why I recognize her. Yes. Okay. Um, There's something that jumped out at me. Uh, when I was reading through it, and I couldn't remember what it was, but it was Haunting of Hill House. Anyway. Um, yeah. When the when these kids are hunting Sawtooth, they're also, at, like, at the same time, they're all so fucking hungry that they're, like, robbing this cake shop. Like, they're throwing bricks through windows and stealing cakes. They're, like, trying to rob this butcher... And he's got a shotgun, and he's just like, make us a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, one kid yells, make us a sandwich. <laughs> and he, so he shoots him in the face. And it just blows his head apart. And no one seems to care. He's just so goddamn hungry. Because it's all in the, you know, the greater good. Greater good. Uh, that guy, the butcher, um, he was... <sighs> From uh, even though I've never watched the fucking show, he from uh, I don't know, I've never seen the show. Sons of Anarchy. Oh, is he? Yeah. He's got the beard for it. What the fuck is his name? I don't know. I don't see him in the credits. Do to do. Yeah, I don't really see him either. Huh. Um. So in the book, apparently Sawtooth Jack is also referred to as October Boy. I saw that. That's a terrible name. I'm glad they never used that in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, I think I was reading, it must have been the IMDb synopsis that said October Boy. I was like, wait a minute, that's not what he's called. No, that sounds like a really shitty superhero. Mark Boone Jr., this guy. Yeah, no, I know who you're talking about. Oh, okay. Wait. Is he the bully from Parker Lewis Can't Lose? Uh, <laughs> is he? 
What did you say his name was? Mark Boone Jr. Oh, he's in Memento. I don't see it in his credits. No, I don't think I don't think he is. Now that I'm just getting a better look at him. Okay. Yeah, I think I just recognize him from Memento. Oh, and 30 Days a Night. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I definitely recognized him. He's just like, he's that guy, you know? Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's in, I'm, I'm almost certain that's who it was, but he's not in, like, it's not on his uh, credits. I, that's weird. I don't know that that was him, actually. <sighs> I mean, maybe it wasn't, but it sure as hell looked like him. Yeah. I, I, there's definitely a lot of similarities, but I'm not sure that was him. Anyway. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, this this was good. It was it was a fun little romp. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure this is going to enter my yearly rotation, but not too bad. Yeah, I mean, I would probably, maybe not annually, but I would probably watch it every couple of years. Maybe. Take it for a run. Sure. Yeah. It's not, like, it almost feels like it's like a, like a teen horror. Yeah. But then there's also parts that are really gory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was a good amount of practical effects mixed with computer stuff. I wish there was a little more practical mm-hmm. stuff. Like, yeah, the Sawtooth Jack um, had a cool look to him. But again, I wish it was more practical. Yeah. <clears throat> but. Um, yeah. There's also, there's this, um, this uh, mural's not the right word. It's like van, like spray painted on this wall. And it's this like really detailed picture of Sawtooth Jack. And then kind of a less detailed picture of just like a a horizontal body. And then it just looks like someone like took a giant crayon and wrote Sawtooth is coming. (laughs) I was like, why is the art so good? And the text looks so garbage. Well, I mean, you know, I'm an artist and my handwriting is awful. Your handwriting is trash. <laughs> it has never been good. It's not like I got worse with age or anything. It's always been bad. Yeah. <coughs> anyway. Uh, I'll give this a... Seven. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think seven is the sweet spot. Yeah, hit it, hit that sweet spot. I don't, I don't usually like to just agree like that, but I, I think that's, yeah. All right, this is uh out now on all your VOD providers. Bring money, even though it's brand new. It's only uh, it's only like six bucks. So. Yeah. It's funny that you used to, like, I mean, as I think as recently as, like, a couple of years ago, you used to see a price for, like, standard definition and then a price for high def. But now that's just all you get. It's just one flat price. Yeah. I mean, because I think everybody has HD TVs now. I thought it was interesting that this one was ultra high def and high def in the same price, which was was nice. Okay, so I don't know if this was is this a different 
Dark Harbor? Or Dark Harvest, I mean. <laughs> there was a movie called Dark Harvest. with It was James Caan's final film. That must be a different film. Because James Caan was not James in Caan this. is definitely not in this. <laughs> but I'm just wondering, because like, like I said, I swear that David Harbour was attached to this. So I was wondering if they like started filming another one and like and just shit-canned it. I don't know, man. I don't either. Weird, wild stuff. All right. Okay, we're running short on time. So uh, let's go ahead and move along to the next review, which is The Barn, part two. Part two. It's been three years since Michelle survived a night of terror in the barn. Now, she's planning her sorority's annual Halloween haunted house. I would like to make a motion to take our annual haunt into town and relaunch Halloween. I think on a large scale, Sam and Josh's haunted house would be the perfect way to kickstart Halloween and get back a barn heart. But the town busybody has other plans. The faster we can make this vote to reinstate the ban on Halloween, the faster we can shut down that barn party. And unfortunately for the girls of Gamma Tau Psi, a few uninvited trick-or-treaters have some plans of their own. The cornfield, slaughter room, and pumpkin patch are upstairs. And that haunted house seems to be the perfect place to make a new house of horrors for our ghoulish fiends and their new friends. This all-new wild horror adventure stars Lexi Drips, Sable Grydell, Mitchell Mussolino, Will Stout, with Linnea Quigley, Ari Lehman, Lloyd Kaufman, the last drive-ins Joe Bob Briggs and Diana Fritz, and Hellraiser's Doug Bradley. The Barn Part 2. This year, no one can stop the harvest. Coming soon to home video. All right, so... <clears throat> the Barn 2, which is about a year old. I think it came out last year. Um, But this is the first time I'm seeing it. Uh, <laughs> I've only seen it once. And there's no Wikipedia page. There's no real good synopses out there. So I'm basically going off of one viewing, and my memory is very bad. So... Let's limp through this. Let's go. <laughs> uh, uh, the Barn 2 is, of course, the sequel um, of the movie that came out in, I think it's 2016, uh, was the original. Wasn't it that long ago? Yeah. Um, and uh, I was like, oh, we did oh, this one. Right. We did it on the show. We did it on the show. We didn't do it on the show. We didn't? No, it was a Patreon one. Oh. <laughs> so our patrons can listen to our review of the first Barn. I was like, no, we definitely did this on the show. Yeah. But, but then I was looking for on it. the show yeah. on the show. Um, I was looking through our old ratings. Uh, to s- Actually, I was looking through our ratings and then our schedule to see where it fell. Or like how long ago we talked about it. And it wasn't popping up. So I went to our website and searched for it and realized it was a Patreon one. Uh, okay. <coughs> did we talk about how the writer-director's name is Justin M. Seaman? Um, I mean, 
Probably. I don't know. But I don't think we would let that slide. Yeah, that's, that's pretty on brand <laughs> for us. Um, but anyway, so would you would you use a fake name? You'd use a screen name, right? If my name was Seaman, yeah, I'd probably just legally change my name. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people are proud of their names, regardless of what they are. I would change it, but that's just me. <laughs> um. Uh. So even though this was, this came out um, seven years after the old one, the first one, this takes place three years after the original. Six years. Hmm? Six years, because it came out last year. Sorry, you're right. Um, Now, again, well, not again, but I should also say that I even though I wanted to, did not have time to rewatch the original, and it has been a few years. I don't recall exactly what happened with any amount of clarity. <clears throat> so, again, I will try to limp through that as well. <laughs> this is going really well. Um, but so this takes place three years after the events of the original film, um, and we open on a small troop of boy scouts who are out camping in the woods uh and their camp or their their um pack leader or is that the right term troop leader troop leader thank you pack leader i think is cub scouts makes sense um their troop leader is uh he's damn it what the hell podcast was that um the guys that did um, Pool Party Massacre. Yeah. What podcast did they do? Oh, they did a podcast? Yeah. I don't know. Actually, I don't know if he was actually on the podcast, but I knew he was involved with them. Uh, doesn't matter. <clears throat> All I see is just episodes of other podcasts that he was on. Maybe he wasn't actually on the podcast. Or wait, you know what? I'm thinking, never mind. Ignore me. There, there wasn't a podcast involved. I think they There's had. no podcasts. Everyone's shut up about the podcast. <laughs> there was never a podcast. Don't even say the fucking word podcast. <laughs> <laughs> on this show. This movie. There is a trailer on his IMDb page. Oh, Slasher Rhett Party. It's <laughs> a good name. It's like, this movie looks relevant to my interests. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Slash Lorette. Oh, that is hard to say. Why would they say Slash Lorette? Just say Slash Yeah. Anyways, it's Drew Marvick, is what we're trying to get to. <laughs> he's, uh, <clears throat> he's a very hair sweet man. Hair sweet? Her sweet. Oh. Her 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 suit. Her suit. I don't know this word. Whatever you're trying Harry. to say. Much hair. Oh. Very bearded. Uh, hair sweet. <laughs> totally. I think you should just say hair sweet. Her her suit. I don't I think that's I right. I don't know this word. H i r s u i t. I thought you were just saying hair sweet, which was some kind of term for someone who has sweet hair. Her suit. Harry. I believe you that it's a word. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Her suit. That's how. It, that's All right. 
I think you should say hair sweetened. <laughs> anyway, he's telling the story. He's got sweet hair, is what we're trying to say. He's got a great big bushy beard. Great big bushy beard. It's actually not that bushy. It's just long. That's true. Um, so he is uh, regaling the tale of what happened in this town three years ago. Apparently his name is Troop Leader Plums. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, I know there are names for these characters, but I can't fucking remember what they are. I know there's the boogeyman. Um, oh, the monsters. Yeah. There was the miner who they also called the boogeyman. Right. Jack was the guy with the Jack, Jack lantern head. Makes sense. And then who was the other one? Uh, it was like the scarecrow that had a cornhead. Oh, I think that was cornhead. Is his name cornhead? I don't know. No. Boogeyman. I'm looking at the first movie. He had little little uh, candy corn fangs. Right. Who is Lewis Cas- uh, Carlisle in this movie? Lewis Carlisle. Because he's played by Jason Brooks. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't recall seeing him anywhere. Yeah, it seems like somebody I would have recognized. Unless but. he had makeup on or something. If he was one of the monsters or something. Oh, what was that? That was my computer. Don't worry about that. Oh, that little guy. <laughs> oh wait, I can just. How come when I Google the barn cornhead, I don't get any results relevant to this? <laughs> I only get actual barns. This is great podcasting, by the way. I know. This is, okay, so Boogeyman, Hollow Jack, and Candy Corn Scarecrow. There you go. Those are the... So he's telling about three years prior. <clears throat> Sorry, I guess it was two years prior at this point. Two years prior when... Uh, Sam and Josh released uh, these monsters from hell or whatever dimension they came from. And, uh, you know, they attacked the town and how Sam and Josh braved uh, their way, you know, fighting, fighting back the horde uh, down back into whatever hell they came from. The hell well. And then they got locked in there. Why do they never call it the hell well? I don't know. It seems really on the nose. It, it does. Is it too on the nose? <clears throat> Maybe. Or is it just Maybe it's just amount? tacky. <laughs> anyway. Um, they uh, talk about how... He's like, to, to free them, you have to knock three times on the barn door and say trick or treat. Right. And the kids are like, oh, you mean like we did earlier today? And you're just like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like exactly. That. Like that. And then the monsters come out. They kill them all. They kill them all. Well, except, except not the old man. Yeah, there's an old man there who is apparently from the first movie. I Again, I don't remember him, but Preacher from the first movie. He's um, basically telling them what these kids, what to expect from these monsters. And the monsters come and kill them. Except for him at first. He's like, I've been waiting for you. Together we could do such great things. And then they kill him too. Yeah. And they uh, scalp him and the, take his hair. Boogeyman scalps him, puts you know, takes his hair, and uh, give me your hair. <laughs> give 
I'll pop your hair. <coughs> Jump forward another year. And the the lone survivor from the events of the first movie, uh, Michelle, um, she's now off to college. She's part of the, what the hell is the fraternity or the sorority? Did I say? Yeah. I mean, it's not really important. It's really not. She's part of a sorority who um, they've had a history of having a fundraiser every Halloween by doing a haunted house. But for the past few years, they've been not allowed to do it because of the events of three years prior and Linnea Quigley's um, character. Miss uh, Barnhart. Miss Barnhart. Miss Barnhart. <laughs> who is the the local pearl clutcher. Yeah. You know, she's the, the church marm. The curmudgeon. Um, church marm. That's not a thing. Could be. It's a thing now. Now she's just like the local Bible thumper. I don't know if she has any actual affiliation with the church or not, but um, yeah, just she's just a hand ringer. She, you know, through the tragedy that occurred with all these people dying from the previous events, um, she managed to get Halloween canceled in this town. Well, as of this year, being nineteen ninety two ninety one, I think. I think it was 91 with the Boy Scouts, so it would be 92. Okay, so 1992, uh, Mayor Lloyd Kaufman <laughs> has declared that uh, the that Halloween is allowed again. <laughs> Such a bad actor. <laughs> he's terrible. But he's... But he's, he's cheap. He's, he's, yeah. <laughs> and he's just awesome. You no, know, he's great. I, I love Uncle Lloyd, but he's, he's just not a good actor. <laughs> he doesn't try to be. That's the thing. No, yeah, he, he puts... Very little effort, or maybe I don't know. Maybe he does put effort into it. I don't. Know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, Allegedly, he will be in your movie for airfare and a bottle of vodka. Yep. We should just start putting him in every single movie. Well, we <laughs> should we should make movies and put him in all the movies one. we make. <laughs> we should just put our entire budget into airfare and vodka. It's not much of a budget. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's fine. We don't need a budget. Because it's so low. Because we have. <coughs> um. Anyway, so uh, because these sanctions have been lifted, these girls are allowed to do their haunted house again, but they're not allowed to do it within city limits. So not, they couldn't do it on campus. Was that okay? Sorry. Yes, that's what it was. They can't do it on the college campus, which is traditionally where they've done it. So they have to find somewhere else in town. They couldn't do it because they were given lappers to people. <laughs> right. To lap, lap dance Larry or whatever his name was. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, let's see. Michelle's sorority sister, Heather. That was her name, right? Heather? Yep. Um, says that she, she knows a guy on the outskirts of town. Uh, he's got a barn. Barn? And you, you'd think what, what Michelle went through, that she'd never want to see a barn, let alone go in one. Ever again. Well, she doesn't know it's a barn at first until they get there. I guess that's true. But we also learned that Heather, and this was either like not covered very well at first or just not mentioned at all, but Heather is Josh's sister. I can't keep Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Okay. Um, 
And uh, so, but so she really wants to do it. She she volunteers the the sorority leader. I don't know if the, I'm sure they have a title, but um, <clears throat> uh, she volunteers to to head to, to spearhead the whole thing. Uh, and Michelle jumps on, um, and she, Heather really wants to do it because her, she knows her brother would have wanted it that her brother was very passionate about Halloween and haunting and, and, you know, and scaring people and that, that type of stuff. So she really wants to do it in his memory. Um, cause these two, I mean, these two kids, they, they disappeared there and presumed her dead are presumed dead. So it's kind of doing these things in their memory. Um, <clears throat> they go and, um, yeah, so they, they, they go to this, space that is available they find out it's a barn uh out you know in, in the middle of a, a field somewhere um as most barns are usually it's not a lot of urban barns not you don't you don't see those many uh, uh around much anymore yeah um they're all starbucks now <laughs> <coughs> man my voice is really starting to go um <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> anyway, so they get the barn uh, from from the guy, the barn guy. The bar- he specializes in barns okay. and bar- and barn rentals. He does have overalls, so so you you know he knows this. You thing. know he's legit. He knows about barns because he's got the overalls, right? And uh, an accent like a southern drawl. Mm, yes. Nobody else does, but because he has one, you know that he's the real. He's deal. the barn guy. He's a. He's a farmer because he has a farmer. Farm. <clears throat> anyway, so they uh, Heather's just like I'm. I'm sorry, I didn't know this was a barn. You know, we can we can walk away from this. And Michelle's like, No, you know what? I think Sam and Josh would, would have loved this. And I think this is what they would have wanted. Let's let's do it. The guy also very ominously is like, just so you know, there's a well back there. About 40 feet deep. You know what? I'll just cover it. Yeah. <laughs> he says you know, he, he says it's about 40 feet deep and it dried up years ago. So if you fall in, well, you're you're gone. You're going to be like Juanita. <laughs> Juanita. That's a flashback to a couple episodes ago. <coughs> Man. Anyway. Um, was Doctor Doctor Rock was in the first one, right? Yes, he was. Doctor Rock is a local TV personality. Uh, I don't really know what his gig is. Like, it's just like got this like late night TV, you know, local public or local TV show. I guess, yeah. And I don't really know what the premise is. It, it's basically just talking about how Miss Barnhart has a stick up her ass. Right, seems to be the whole gimmick. But he's played by Ari Lehman, who you might know best as the first Jason. He's he played the young boy Jason in in the first Friday Thirteenth. Or you might know him from his band, First Jason. Yes, he has created an identity with First Jason, where he plays guitar. <laughs> yes, uh, he plays guitar in this as well. Yep. It looks like an old guitar because it is very big. It's very big. <laughs> um, 
anyway, so uh, yeah, he, I don't know, he's 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 there, but his character is kind of inconsequential. Yeah, in in the grand scheme of things. Anyway, so the the sorority sisters they all start you know making up the the haunted house, which is actually kind of cool. <laughs> well, yeah, and also it's built around all these local legends, so they have like a fake miner and a fake jack and it's like uh what was her name michelle michelle is fine with this like yeah you would think she'd be a lot more traumatized right she's not you know when you think of like uh final girls in a lot of like let's let's just say mostly slasher movies they are traumatized you know uh laurie strode sydney prescott um uh, God damn it, Adrian King from Friday Thirteenth. Totally spacing on her name. Um, I want to say Alice, but I don't think that's right. Yes, it is right. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, all traumatized in the sequels. Yeah, you know, ba- they're trying to put their lives back together. She seems fine, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> and even time, every time somebody like asks her about it, she's like, "Oh no, it's really fine. Like, it's behind me. Like, it's, it's totally cool. I'm fine." Um. But uh, yeah, so but the, like the theme, the rooms they have in this place, like yeah, they have them based around local legends, like the Scarecrow, which is pretty cool because they have like a cornfield set up, and they have like a guy up on you know a, a Scarecrow post. Um, the execution is not great, I'll say that. Yes, the execution is very cheesy. But if I would have seen these some of these rooms in a real haunted house. That you know, like professional actors and that type of stuff, it would have been good. Yeah, like the the two. There's one room where these they're clearly having like a sexy sleepover type thing, you know, and pillow fights, and then a a um, killer jumps out of their closet, and you know, I think he's got an axe, some kind of like a hatchet or maybe a hammer, some kind of implement. Yeah, to kill them with. It's like carried out in the right way. That would have been awesome to see in a mm-hmm. haunted house. Um, and uh, yeah, um, in the zombie rail yard. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so the the the, the boogeyman. Um, Hollow Jack. Hollow the Jack. I, could, I couldn't remember the uh, the adjective. <laughs> uh, Hollow Jack and the Candy Corn Scarecrow, they're still running around from last year. Um, and uh, they descend on Halloween night to to this barn. Oh, yeah. Also, I mean, um, we kind of skipped over at the beginning, but the preacher says that it can be any barn. You just have to paint the symbol in right. blood. Which he did, and when this, when Overalls is giving them the barn, he you see him like move some boards or something, and you see the the logo, right? <clears throat> um. So yeah, you know the haunt starts, and you know people are coming and going, and we see our our original three characters spring up from from wherever hell, the hell well. Um, plus two more characters that 
there's no explanation to who they are or why they're suddenly here, but you also see. Well, no, because the, the for the haunt when they're like launching the the haunt, they tell the patrons they say to enter the haunt, you have to knock three times and say trick or treat. And so that activates the hell well again. You're, you're right. Okay. But what I'm saying is these two new guys who weren't in the original movie, like in the first movie, the, the bird man and the, the pig guy, they weren't in the first movie. So, but there's like no explanation who they are. Yeah. They're just also there. Yeah. <laughs> also like when the guy said he was going to cover the well, he just like placed some two by fours over it. Yeah. Usually when you board up a well, you like kneel it down. Yeah, or something like yeah. a little more secure than something that monsters could just push over from underneath. Yeah, like what's this doing here? <laughs> um. Anyway, so they start kind of invading the haunt, and they're just picking people off inside. Um. And something about this bird guy's bite, spit, or his bite, or whatever his peck. Yeah. Uh, kills people and then turns them into zombies. Yeah. And also he takes out this big ass syringe gun, uh, and draws his pink blood out. And then the pig guy goes around and starts injecting people with it, turning them into zombies. And so over, you know, over the course, pretty much everyone becomes a zombie and there's just like a small group of survivors left to, fend off the horde and try and, you know, bring sanity back to the town. So, um, that, that's kind of the general premise. I mean, without getting into specific scenes, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, what I remembered of the original, like this one seemed a lot better. I don't really remember the original that well. <laughs> yeah, I, I really wish I would have had time to to rewatch it so I could compare the two better. But I do like I remember this one definitely had better effects. I assume it had a bigger budget, but like I think they were both Indiegogo projects. Probably. I mean, yeah. I, uh, let's see. There's something on there about the. Let's see. The original was crowdfunded on Kickstarter. So just the original, not the not the second one. I don't know. The Barn Part Two Retro Video and Board Game is on, or what is currently on Indiegogo. Oh. <coughs> anyway, um. So. Yeah, there. Uh, the the make. I mean, the the makeup on the the characters were much better. Was much better, mm-hmm. um, especially the the boogeyman. Um, actually, I wouldn't say especially. They were all much better, but like the boogeyman looked very non-threatening <laughs> in the first one. This one looked definitely much much more of a professional job. Um, the candy corn scarecrow kind of looked a little silly. That whole character is silly. Yeah. Like, like I, he, he's got a corn cob for a head, first of all. Yeah. He's got candy corn fangs, and he goes, <laughs> Yeah. And also, like, I can't remember if he had 
this in the first one or if it was like damage taken but he's got like a chunk of his face missing with like an exposed skull and i don't know that was probably like the coolest part of the the get up yeah but um um hollow jack i feel like he, he looked better in general than he did in the first one um like the head it's like the pumpkin head itself looked better but it's got it had these like flames inside that looked real bad just like yeah, really very, bad CGI. it's clearly like a green screen inside the pumpkin head and then they just slapped flames in there yeah just like very flat looking i feel like in the first one it was real flames i mean it probably wasn't but i, I honestly couldn't say i'm sure if i were to go back and rewatch the original it might change my mind a little bit but <clears throat> that looks like cgi right there but that actually looks better though than the second one? Yeah. The head, and like, so in the first one, it looks like it's pretty standard jack-o'-lantern. This one has, it's much more um, emphasized, uh, stylized, and like, it's got like a big open mouth, and like, uh, doesn't look like a real pumpkin so much, but, um, but because of that, the mouth is much more open, so you see a lot more open space, so maybe they needed to compensate because that they could have just kind of fudged a little bit. But yeah, with the big open flame in the mouth, it just it didn't look good. It would have been nice if they would have spent a little more time on that part of it. Yeah. Um. But we gotta talk, we gotta talk about some of the other cameos. Yeah. So there, there's a. a a, well, I wouldn't say a shitload, but there's a lot of um, you know well-known people in this. You know, we already mentioned Linnea Quigley plays. Who was in the first one as well? She was in the first one. Uh, Uncle Lloyd plays the town mayor, which and he's he, the one that calls her Mrs. Barnfart, right? <laughs> <laughs> Ari Lehman are you know the ones we've mentioned already, but also we've got um, Joe Bob, who plays Drive-in Drive-in, Drive-in Joe. Joe. Um, what was the movie they were watching? Oh, fuck. It was like Night of the Something Sorority Girls or something. Fuck, I I can't remember. <sighs> but yeah, he does his little drive-in totals. Yeah. Um, And also uh, Darcy, or, you know, Diana Prince, is uh, Joe Bob's male girl. She was in it, and she she's one of the sorority sisters, which she's like... She's like in her 40s, right? She's in her 40s, yeah. And it's like... Ten or more years older than everyone else. Yeah, like in as soon sorority. as I saw her, I was like, "Come on!" Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's fine, but it's just like she she looks great. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll. She looks. She's 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 gorgeous. She looks great. Um, she just but she looks older look than everyone else. Yeah, there's no fudging that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean this. This hits a lot of the points for me. Well, and don't forget about Heather's dad. Oh, yes. Wait, no, it wasn't Heather's dad. It was uh, it was um, Sam's grandpa. Oh, is that who it was? Yeah. Oh. Um, was played by, yeah, Doug Bradley, um, who, of course, is Pinhead. Yep. Doing what sounded at first like a pretty good American accent, and then it just <laughs> went to hell. Yeah, he's kind of a monologue. 
Yeah, he kind of goes in this backstory about how he used to be a miner in town, and it sounded like he had some kind of interaction with the boogeyman. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah, this <coughs> this hits a lot of or checks a lot of the boxes for me at least. I mean, you've got um, a decent amount of gore and special effects. You know, there were. There was a good amount of CGI, which, you know, if it's if it's good CGI, a lot of times I'll let it slide. But if it's bad CGI, it's like just save everybody the time. Just try and figure out a way to do it practically, even if it doesn't look great. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Have we talked about the movie Slashers before? I don't know. About the, like, game show? I don't think so okay I mean, it doesn't sound familiar okay anyway um yeah because this feels very reminiscent of that to me um it was one of like the first like slasher b movies that i ever saw i rented it from uh from av video <laughs> that's that's how long ago this was and i remember my friend who i, I thought maybe it was you it must have been a different friend hated it <laughs> I yeah, it doesn't sound familiar. Oh, you might have to do that on the show sometime. Okay. Um. <clears throat> anyway, yes, yeah, some pretty good uh, creature effects. Much better than the first movie, at least from what I can remember. Um. And uh, you know the the gore. Um. There was a point where somebody gets their head like sliced in half, which was was great. Yeah. Um. And then uh, not like not like horizontally or even vertically. It was like diagonally. So you get this like weird cross section of like brain and like sinus cavity and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's like skull and yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then yeah, uh, a, a good amount of nudity, which I appreciate. So you know, yeah, there was one scene where Lapdance Larry shows up and it goes on for a while. Yeah. And they don't, I'll tell you this, they don't give him that name for nothing. Nope. He he, he gets his. He gets his lappers. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course, yeah, you know, Darcy sh- gets disrobed, not disrobed, but gets a, there's a, there's a point where there's little, little green ghouls uh, scurrying around. Look a lot like the, um, oh, God damn it, what's his name? Is it Johnny Goblin? From the from Necrogoblin, ne- Necrogoblin, uh, look a lot like him, um, and uh, like little cheddar goblins. Yeah, <laughs> they attack Darcy or Diana Prince and uh, like pull her top open, which like unless these guys are just like sexual deviants, it makes no sense. <laughs> but they pull her top open and then bite her nipples off, which is weird yeah it's, it's weird that that's what they went for but you know i mean maybe that's what their species thrives on nipples yep mm-hmm. makes sense yeah they just they they uh they imbibe a diet exclusively on human nipples <laughs> yes but yeah i mean i'm <clears throat> jesus christ I'm not gonna look a gift horse in the mouth, you know. Boobs is boobs. That's true. Boobs is boobs. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I feel like I what I can remember. I enjoyed this one more 
than I did the old one. I don't really have, we don't have a rating for it in there for whatever reason. I don't know why we didn't put it in there. Yes, we do. We do? Yeah. Why couldn't I find it? I don't know. Did you not click search all pages? I thought I did, but maybe I didn't. What did I, what did I give the first one? We both gave it six. Did we? Okay. I guess that's higher than I thought we would have. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, this this is clearly a step up. Somebody who you know, being you know Justin Seaman, clearly learning from what he's done before, learning from mistakes. You know, finding new new and better ways to do things. Um, so good on him and his and his team for for doing that. It does, of course, leave it open for a, for a sequel, as any good horror franchise does. Sure. Um, even if you never actually get a sequel, you just kind of got to wonder, you know, what if. Um, and it does that. So <clears throat> I think my only real complaints about this is some of the acting was uneven. Not necessarily character, you know, a character being uneven. You know, the good Good actors were good, and the not so good actors were not so good. Um, but it just because they were in like the same scene together, it created some unevenness. Sure. Um, but you know that happens in a lot of movies, and you just kind of got to grin and bear it, I guess. Yeah. But again, that that's something that if they make a barn three, and I'm presuming that's what they want to do, I'm sure they'll learn from that, and you know probably expect more from actors and create more balance um anything else you want to add um there's there's a thing that happens to the monsters towards the end that i thought was really hokey i'm trying to think what you're talking about um i don't want to spoil it Okay, Taylor told me off air. Uh, yeah, that was... The look of it didn't look great? I think that's the main thing. If it looked better, it would have been better. Yeah. But the fact that it looked so goofy, it really took away from it. Yeah. And I don't know if it was supposed to look goofy. I doubt it. <laughs> or maybe not at least at least not that goofy. Right. <laughs> I like I saw what they're going for. Yeah. And there was potential there, but it didn't really deliver. Yeah. Um, so yeah. But I the, the work that could clearly went into it. Oh yeah. I appreciate that. So. I think it would have been impressive looking if it didn't move. You, sorry, say that again? I think it would have been more impressive looking if, if it was just if it was just like a statue. And you were just looking at it and just like, oh, that's really cool looking. But since it was supposed to move and interact. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Like out, like outside the movie or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I see what you mean. Um, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> I think as a creature, it needed to look a little less cartoony. Yeah. Which people listening to this can probably put two and two together. <laughs> what happens by now? But <laughs> whatever. Uh, okay. Anything else? I don't think so. All right. So yeah, this was, um, exclusively on screen box, right? 
But you can get a what one one week free seven day free trial. Yeah. Um, but even then, it's it's super cheap. It's like five six bucks, something like something that. Something like that. Like I was telling Taylor earlier, like I have a subscription to it, <clears throat> and I forget that I have it. I, I don't I don't use it often. Um, but when I do, it's it's there and like it. I, it's not really something I notice much on the bill. <laughs> I, I sub- subscribe to it through YouTube. And it was funny because after this ended, you know how YouTube always does like, you might like this next clip. Mm-hmm. And it started playing Lonesome Dove. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how did you get from this to that? <laughs> what the fuck? Um, yeah, much a big improvement over the first one. And so if, if this is... Showing an upward trajectory for the next sequel, then I, I will say I'd look forward to seeing it. Um, I'll give this. I'll give it a seven. Um, man, I really don't remember our review of the first one that much, so I don't really. I don't. I can't say with any definitive. Um, that uh, yeah, I'm definitely just going off of what I can remember. Yeah, I, don't, I can't say with any definition that this one is better but just going off this one on its own without thinking about the review of the first one i have a hard time going above six so okay fair enough all right guys we did it halloween over Uh, yep (laughs) bring on november yeah or not i don't care whatever do whatever you want (laughs) November will be cool, though, because we finally get Thanksgiving, the movie. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be fun. Thanksgiving. (laughs) Oh, be carved. White meat. Dark meat. Yep. You already said the thing. I already said the thing. You said it backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Okay. Well, we'll be back in a couple weeks, guys. Right? No. Next week. Is it really? Yep. Well, that doesn't matter to us right now. It's it's still too weeks. Doesn't, doesn't affect our recording. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Well, good news for you guys: five straight weeks of grave plot. Grave plot, 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 plot in your ass. <laughs> uh, what are we going to be watching, Taylor? Uh, we're going to be watching Dear David, based on the mashable internet sensation, as well as Joe Lynch's new film, Suitable Flesh. Fleshy, so fleshy. So look out for that, guys. Do you ever just look at somebody and be like, hmm, that's some suitable flesh right there? All the time. <laughs> uh, that'll be exciting for everyone. Um, until then, where can people find us, Taylor? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com, as well as wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Put a little something in the text box. doesn't matter. We're not going to read it, but it does help us move up the charts. Put whatever you want. Put um, your f- favorite Halloween movie. But just You could just put Trick or Treat. That's fine. Put it's a good one. You know what? Do you like candy corn? Let us know. Oh wait, not the movie. That just say trick or treat. Yeah. Oh, because it's a good movie. It, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Also, you can follow us on social media. Uh, we are everywhere as Grave Plot Podcast, except Twitter, where we are Grave underscore Plot. Also, make sure to check out GraveplotFilmFest.com and Patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast. Yeah. All right, guys, and I just want to. Take some time again. Say, uh, you know, this uh, is is ten years for us here. Um, October twenty thirteen was our first month doing a sh- doing this show, um, and we kind of wanted to make a celebration out of it. 
this month and you know we did our best we did what we could <laughs> um but uh it's it's been uh quite the journey and uh been a lot of fun and i'm looking forward to 10 more ten, 10 more years probably not we're probably not gonna do it for 10 years it's not, it's not gonna do this when i'm 50 <laughs> who does a podcast when they're 50 years old a lot of people what up bone bat <laughs> There's also a lot of 50-plus-year-olds doing very successful podcasts. Of course, they are celebrities. That's true. So um, maybe we'll get there. Who knows? thing is, there no, no one has become – well, that's not true. I was going to say no one has become a celebrity for podcasting, but the people who you're talking about were already celebrities. Yeah. Anyway. And, uh, the, and the people who have become celebrities for podcasting are a very niche celebrity. Definitely. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, thanks to everyone out there. Uh, you know, anybody who's been with us since the beginning, uh, any new listeners, we really appreciate you guys, um, hanging out with us every couple of weeks. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. So, um, take care guys. Have a good Halloween and, uh, we'll see you next week. Always check your candy. Yeah. Yeah. Remember the three rules. Otherwise Sam is going to kick your ass yeah slice dice you the, and chop your little nuts off the howdy ho bar holly ho holly ho i always do that because howdy ho just sounds better yeah or, howdy ho. yeah <laughs> all right guys until next time i'm skeletony i'm taylor of terror and this has been the grave plot podcast where we're all a little dead inside 